Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today we have Suzanne Borelli. Suzanne is a born and raised Long Island, New York girl. She is like all of us, caring for family, making her house a cozy home, and working full-time. Currently at 48 years old, Suzanne feels the best she has ever felt in her life, which includes the financial, mental, physical, and spiritual ends. Although her journey throughout the past 40 years was not always easy, pleasant, or smooth. A negative self-esteem often affected so many areas of her life and seemed to be the issue lurking behind some of her poor decisions. On top of that, a devastating betrayal occurred when both of her children were very young, and that was the catalyst for Suzanne turning her life around once and for all. Her wisdom has taught her that she counts just as much as everyone else, and she's learned to put herself on the list. Self-care has become a priority for Suzanne, and that has enabled her to morph from a feeling of sorrow into sunshine. You're going to love uh, Suzanne. She is such a bright light. She was instrumental in the three discoveries I talk about because she was one of the Fab 14, one of the participants in my PhD study on how women experience betrayal. I can't wait for you to meet her. Here's Suzanne. I am so excited to have Suzanne Borelli here. I mean, you know we have all kinds of amazing guests and thought leaders. Suzanne is so special for so many reasons. One of the reasons is, and you know I speak about the study that was done. Well, Suzanne was one of the participants in the study, so we have so much to cover. Welcome, Suzanne. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to it. I really appreciate you. So, you know, I, I lovingly call the group the Fab 14 because it was these 14 amazing women that contributed for their own reasons. You know, everybody had their own reason about why they wanted to participate in this study. But because of their participation, we made three discoveries. So before we even get into that, what Suzanne, why did you want to get involved with it? I guess from coming from a, a really bad betrayal situation, um, I, I struggled to find folks, uh, other women to connect with. I, I felt very, very much alone. And I, when I realized that there were so many other women dealing with betrayal and I was asked to maybe be a part of the group or offer my experience, I, I kind of thought I had to pay it forward. If I could be of service and if I could help other women with, with the same struggle, I, I really wanted to be a part of that. Mm. So that's, that's why I got involved. It, it was wonderful. And, and because of that, and I remember the moment that it happened. I mean, here it was these incredible conversations. And, and Suzanne, I remember our conversation. It was like every one of them, you know, when you have an opportunity to do a study, you can, you can do what's called a, a quantitative study where you're asking a, a lot of people for information or a qualitative study, which is a deeper dive, smaller group. And I really wanted yeah. to know the lived experience. And I remember- mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. our conversation and just the physical, mental, and emotional, everything that you went through. And I, I want to get to it, but I, I have to share that that because of your contribution and the others, like I said, there were three discoveries. The first that, you know, we can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, but if we're going to transform, we're going to go through these five stages. The the development, the, the discovery of something called post-betrayal transformation and 
post-betrayal syndrome, that we can have this collection of symptoms so common to betrayal, it's become known as post-betrayal syndrome. And I know you had a lot of those symptoms. So you know what, why don't you just walk us through, just give us a summary kind of of your story, how you felt, and then and we'll talk about how you moved through it. Sure, sure. Um, I, I had, I guess uh, you would say a marital betrayal. Um, it was just a relationship that... Um, wasn't working out. And, um, my ex-husband at the time, you know, uh, decided to proceed forward with another relationship, um, unbeknownst to me. And, and I had two very, very small children and it was just, and I was still very much in love with him. And it was just a betrayal that just, it was unbearable at the time. And I found that I couldn't sleep. I couldn't concentrate. I was in a fog. Um, I, I smoked like two packs of cigarettes a day. Um, I just had this constant feel of more or less dread and despair. And it was a, it was a really, really difficult, difficult time for me. And I never thought anything would ever get better. And um, it was just a bad, bad time in my life. And then... And it, yeah, go ahead. It, it affected me on every level. It affected me emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially. I mean, you cover the gamut. It covered every single um, aspect of my life. So it was, it was a big, big struggle. Yeah. And then when you started your journey to healing, walk us through that. Tell us how you, how you did it. What, what was the first step you did sure. and what did it lead to? So, you know, I realized that nobody else was going to make the situation better for me but myself. And and I'm blessed that I have a very supportive family. I have supportive friends. But I realized at the end of the day, when I put my pillow on, on my head on the pillow, I realized that nobody else was going to make it better but me. And... I say, I guess my two children at the time, they were very, very small and they were a blessing because I realized I had to be my best self for them. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I needed to start with, even if they were little micro steps every single day in making my situation better. And, and you know, I I'm going to stop you and I'm going to stop you there because yes. with so many people, those micro steps feel so gigantic and we can call them yes. micro steps. Right. But I'm sure at the time when you look back, they didn't feel micro at all. No, you know? Yeah. And correct. yeah. And also, you know, with so many women, it's so hard to find the incentive to move forward. And there's something about if the incentive wasn't there just for your own personal self, having Having to do this for your kids' sake is the pull and the incentive you needed, maybe even just to get out of bed, you know, and and try again. True. Right. Very, very true. And I realized that I was, you know, for my betrayal, it had to do with um, someone I was married to at the time. I realized that I was so focused on him. What's he doing? Um, You know, this is not fair. Why did this happen? And I, and I thought, you know, I could focus on this all I want, but I'm not going to be able to change any of that. So let me go inside and work on myself. And that was pivotal for me. It, mm-hmm. it really was pivotal. And like I started, 
you know, maybe taking a walk in the morning, getting some fresh air. I joined a local mother's group that there was some support. It didn't necessarily focus on the trail, but it was connecting and getting out and taking those little steps, yet they were big steps Mm -hmm. to move forward and rebuild my life. And and that's what I did. And Mm -hmm. that's what I did. It wasn't easy. Um, it, It was hard. And sometimes I had to allow myself to be in vulnerable new situations to put myself out there. But I realized that um, the pain was of staying where I was stuck. That pain was much stronger than any other pain of trying to experience something new. So that's kind of how I I rebuilt my foundation. And and you know what, though, Suzanne, Mm -hmm. for a lot of women listening, it's that that pain of just staying stuck it's so it's so big and they don't know how to move past that and that was something that i i remembered from you i mean for, really it seemed like from early on even though you may not look at it like that it was like this warrior where you're like no 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 i have to do that yes. right so so share with everybody when you were on the fence about should i go to that mom's group you know i just feel awful or should i you know stop smoking whatever it was what was it that got you over the fence of, I really don't want to do it, but I know I need to? I just felt like I hit a brick wall. I I felt like nothing else was going to get better. Nobody else was going to do it except me. And I just had to put on my big girl pants, if you will, Mm -hmm. and just get up and, and go. And, um, I, I guess also I realized what I was doing was not working. Mm-hmm. It wasn't bringing me to a better place. So, and it wasn't like I just woke up one day and realized, I think it was a, a, a little slow process that I just realized that. And, and I said to myself, once again, just take a different step today, a different mm-hmm. approach and let's see how it goes. And you know and what though? That, that's I th- what worked. Yeah. And I think a key to all of that is awareness too. You know, what so Mm -hmm. often, and what I saw in the study was the women who numbed, distracted, avoided, facing the the pain really were the ones who grew the least. And it was the ones hands down every single time who faced it, who were aware, who really wanted to move forward. Those were the ones that healed. And I hope everybody listening is really understanding. Here, Suzanne was, was really noting her daily actions and saying, okay, that, that didn't work. Let me try something else. And it's something as it seems simple, but it's not, but something as mm-hmm. simple, let's just say as that awareness where you're questioning what you've been doing in order to, to course correct, you know, and say, okay, I remember hearing this amazing quote, you can't steer a parked car, <laughs> you know, and oh. Right. Isn't that great? And it's like, here you are taking these daily steps and, and adjusting and adapting based on if they, if they work for you or not. So, you know, you talk about putting yourself back on the list. What do you mean by that? I, I feel that, um, even the women that, that I know and I'm friendly with, especially as women or as mothers, we're caretakers and it, we put, our spouses, our partners, our children, it seems like everybody else comes first and our needs come last. And I guess part of me realizing was that I count just as much as my children do and anyone else in my family does. So if that means that I am going to go out with girlfriends for dinner 
you know, for an hour or two, I'm doing it. If I want to go to a yoga class, I'm going to do that. If I want to not do the laundry and sit in bed with, you know, tea and some cookies and read a book, I'm going to do it. So I've learned that that all, all those things make me feel better about myself and make me a better person. And therefore, I can give more to the people that I love. So, um, you know, I've talked with friends that disagree with that and we agree to disagree, but that really has helped propel me forward. And my children are now teenagers. I have one that's driving already and they see, they know, oh, okay, mom. Yes, we know you got, you need your hour or two. You're going to go take care of something for yourself. I always take care of them, but I realize I count as much and I put myself on the list every single day. That's and so it, wonderful. It's worked well for me. Yeah, and and a couple of things here that you brought up. First of all, why is it that so many moms try to make other moms feel guilty for putting themselves on the list, right? Where somehow we're better off <laughs> yeah. if we're completely depleted and spent and a martyr and a victim. You know, so so yeah. it is one approach and certainly, you know, I I'm not judge I I guess the part I'm judging is stop judging you know what's working for yeah. one if it's working for for that mom every mom knows what's best for her and her family hands down that's just the way it is you know it's interesting because that's always I think we're conditioned to put ourselves last and we have to move mm-hmm. through and work through all of this guilt in something as simple as self-care you know it's and yeah. that that really shouldn't be. I mean, just because you're taking care of yourself, you're better for all within your care and reach. So how did you, so, so you actually had friends who gave you a hard time about taking time for yourself? Yeah, they, they did. (laughs) They, they were just like, geez, you know, you go to an hour and a half yoga class or, you know, they'd always, I, I like to bake cookies. It's just like mindless, you know, little things like that, not doing the laundry or just doing simple, silly things. Yeah, I do. And and we've been friends since high school and mm-hmm. we still, we just have different points of view. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, we, we agree to disagree. And um, I feel like I'm doing a disservice to those that I love. If I don't put myself on the list, I feel like my loved ones get a better version of me, if you mm-hmm. will, if I have self-care every day. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, that's just wor- what works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hardly ever get sick. I don't cancel on commitments I make. I, I'm, as you said, the word warrior, I'm always ready to go. And mm-hmm. I believe it's because I give back to my soul and to my body and I get things done. Yeah, um, and, and you know when it I, works for me. Yeah, and when I and I've known you for a while, and and there are some people. It's like they they're sort of living at a fifty percent level. Whenever I see mm-hmm. you, you you just have this energy of of just it's this radiant light, and someone who is just oh, thank you of just fueled and filled with love and energy and radiance. And, and I guess that that could really only be because you're taking care of yourself. And in doing that, Mm -hmm. you have what to give and then you're giving love, getting love. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful, 
It's a beautiful way to be. So what are some things that you learn not to do? Like what, because your experience, that's what happens with betrayal. We create a new set of rules. So what are things now that let's say the old you did that the, this new empowered version of you just doesn't do? Right. Um, well, I mentioned is that I'm not preoccupied with anyone else. I focus on myself mm-hmm. and what's best for me. Uh, so that's really important. I've realized that the whole betrayal issue and more or less, I guess, the spiraling of my life, I realized that it's a chap- it was a chapter in my life. Mm-hmm. I realized that it doesn't define me. It's not going to create maybe the next 40 to 50 next years of my life. Um, I, I'm 48 years old. Uh, this happened many, many years ago. And I've, I've worked every day at it to be in a better place, but I've realized that I don't want to feel like I'm the victim. Mm -hmm. I am going forward and, um, I just keep looking at it. Okay. This was a chapter. I wish it had not happened, but, um, I, I don't get, I don't focus as you even said, the martyr, the victim, Mm -hmm. and I focus on myself and I move forward. That that's been pivotal for me. Yeah. And I get stuck with that. Right. But, and when you were healing, like over that period of time, how long would you say it took to really feel better? That's a good question. Um, I would say that it, it's certainly a process. It it took me a while. I I can't give you exactly, uh, was it, you know, a month, six months. Mm -hmm. It was, a slow, um, I think a rebirthing of every season. I just, Mm. it went by seasons. I kind of just felt better season by season. Um, but that didn't come at me sitting on the couch and not doing anything Mm -hmm. that came at, as a result of me doing work, getting out there, involving myself and, and working on myself, rebuilding, rebuilding my life. Because I believe when you have a betrayal, especially in, in a marriage or a committed relationship, we define ourselves a lot by that. And when that crumbles, it's recreating a new life. Mm-hmm. So um, I realized that uh, I, I needed to focus on rebuilding myself. I'm not sure if I answered that question as you asked. But, yeah, um, no, it, it, and, and that's what I found in the study too. It was... It was based on so many different things. It was based on the level of support that we had. It was based on what we were willing or unwilling to do. I mean, it was really based on so many, so many different things. I mean, now the the beauty of the study is we know what happens at every stage and what it takes to move from, you know, from one to the next. But without that knowledge, it's sort of like, okay, let's try this and see, or let's try this and see. And were there yeah. certain things that really worked for you to move you forward that you remember? Sometimes I had to force myself to Mm. think positive. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I had, I would wake up and I'd be miserable. I really would. Mm -hmm. And I would say, okay, that didn't work for me yesterday. I was miserable yesterday too. I I had to kind of fake it till I make it. Mm -hmm. And I remember even one day, you know, I I had two little kids at home. They, They were like babies. And it was winter and, you know, it was like maybe the third or fourth day or the fifth day of being in sweatpants. (laughs) And I got them situated with a video and I went and I took a shower 
And I, I did my hair. I did my makeup. I put on a nice outfit. I mean, it was so ridiculous at the time thinking, but it made me feel really good. And it changed my thought or perspective mm-hmm. for the day. So I tried to focus on, you know, trying to look at the positive, even though it was awful. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, what could I be thankful for in this, you know, time and moment? Um, and one thing if I just could share is sure. that, um, you know, the financial aspect was very much a struggle too mm-hmm. um, for my particular betrayal. And I also worked at that as well. I, you know, we all have get into our struggles with that or can get into our struggles with that. And I didn't want that to, because that physically affects you, the stress of that Mm -hmm. too. And I was very mindful of, okay, this has happened. How can I, how can I conquer this? Or how can I work with this? You know, is it day by day, week by week? Um, I got some, you know, professional guidance and opinion and, and I worked at it and it made me feel better. Mm. Um, and what about sometimes some... even getting, yeah, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 go ahead. I was just, I was just going to say sometimes even getting dressed if you will, um, I would have my kids in tow with me and going to speak to someone, you know, professionally about, okay, what do I do financially for this? How do I set myself up in a better place going forward? Um, you know, it was just all those little different things, but they were big things. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, not little at all and very proactive. So here you are, you're mm-hmm. taking these steps and, and you were changing mentally, emotionally, physically too. What did you notice physically? What physical changes did you start to see? I noticed I started sleeping better. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed I, my anxiety it really just didn't seem to be there as much as it was. It started to slowly subside. I noticed that my stomach didn't always bother me. Um, And it wasn't like I just woke up one day and it was all these things, but I slowly noticed over time, it seemed like my hair was getting healthier. My skin was getting healthier. Um, I started eating better. You know, when you're in that state of stress, it was just grab and go whatever's there. Mm-hmm. And I really started to being mindful of, okay, wait a second, I count. So I'm going to take the time to go food shopping and prepare things that are healthy. Mm. I, I just noticed it seemed like my eyes got brighter. Uh, mm, they were wow. they were subtle things, but when you put them all together, it really makes a big, big difference. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't may- have that constant headache, right. I think, from the stress because I started feeling better. Mm. And, you know, it makes so much sense because when I when I look at the five stages that that you and the Fab 14 identified, when you're in that (laughs) state of survival, you're not thinking about Mm. eating healthy and taking care of yourself. You don't have the bandwidth for it. I mean, you just don't have it. But when you get to that stage five, healing, rebirth in a new worldview, when you're feeling better, you have the bandwidth for your own self-care. You you feel that you deserve nurturing and self-care and self-love. You're more willing to take care of yourself then. And it sounds like that's exactly what happened. You started feeling better. You started, but yeah. it was very conscious with you. You started putting yourself in this better place and wanting to to take better care of yourself. And and it just kept growing and growing. So, so what does the future look like for you? 
Oh, well, you know, I, I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm 48 years old and I tell everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to say, I love my 40s. I'm looking forward to my 50s. Um, I feel like there's just so many opportunities for me, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of work, in terms of doing things uh, with, with other women, trying to be support for other women, uh, with my kids. I, I just, I feel like I ha- I'm so blessed and I have so many wonderful things ahead of me to do in life. I don't know exactly what they are, but I feel like my future is really bright. And I've, I feel like this experience has kind of woken me up, if you will. I kind mm-hmm. of feel like I've walked through half of my life unconscious, unconscious and numb. Mm-hmm. And I feel like part of this experience has rebirthed me or woken me up. And um, I, I just feel really happy and lucky. And, you know, of course, there's days that it's like, oh, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like I'm in a really, really good position in life. Yeah. And, and well, first yeah. of all, I'll tell you, I'm in my fifties and it's so fun. You, you, it's like, you've earned the right not to care, you know, about what people yes. are saying and, and all those things you worried about in high school. You just don't have to deal with that anymore. And, yeah. and, uh, but it's so it, what's here's where, and, and again, I hope everybody listening is hearing this. Your biggest crisis can absolutely reveal your greatest gift. The hardest things in life that we do everything humanly possible to avoid when you go through them, that's transformation. You're hearing Suzanne. She is transformed. I mean, clearly she's been there and back with her experience, but here's somebody saying, I'm grateful. I'm appreciative. I'm happy. So that's what happens when you, you know, when you do the work. And, And I have to say, I am so thrilled because, you know, one of the things that, that has also emerged because of this study is the idea that every woman in the study said she would have benefited from support, not from, you know, not to sit and commiserate, but for women who get it. And so, you know, we have these certifications to be certified, PBT, post-betrayal transformation support group hosts, and Suzanne is one of them. So I I am just so excited. So tell us about your group. Tell us about uh, where it is or what you're up to and and what you hope to to teach in your group and and support. Go go ahead. Sure. So I um, live in Blue Point, New York, and I'm trying to get a group of women together that could, in an evening group, um, I'm open to ideas, suggestions where women could just come together and share um, their experiences. And like you said, not commiserate, but just share and be a support for each other. And our group is in its infantile stage. So whether we move the group to a different location, um, different times. I'm certainly open to that, but uh, it's something that I would like to give back to other women as a result of my experience. I would like to, and that's why I went through the certification with you, Debbie, because I, I understand I could relate. Maybe our betrayal is different, but at the core, betrayal is betrayal. And it basically is, how do you move forward? How do you rebuild? And how do you go out in the world and be the best that you can. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the hopes for, for my group that I'd like to uh, put together. Beautiful. And what do you want the listeners to know? Just so they feel better. What, what should they, what should they hear? What do you, what do you want them to know? Here. Um, 
do something for yourself every single day that just makes you feel better. And for everyone, that's different. Um, something that's healthy, something that will put you in the in the, the right frame of, frame of mind. And and just remember, you count and put yourself on the list and um, just do whatever it is that can uh, help you be your best and feel your best because you're worth it. We're all worth it, mm. regardless of what has transpired. Mm-hmm. What a That's, wonderful I, way I, to I, end. I, I think that... I think that says it. Suzanne, thank you so much. I I know you helped so many listeners today. If seriously, even something as, as it's, it just slipped right by you, but something is like doing something every day, like something like that. If someone just hears that and and takes that and runs with it, what a gift, what a gift. That may be just the tip, the tool they needed to get them out of bed or something as simple as being aware, just be aware of mm-hmm. what am I doing? Is it working? Is it not? And, and, you know, in order to change it. So I know you shed such a bright light on this topic and I just thank you for your time. Oh, sure. Thank you. It was a, it was a pleasure to do this. Isn't Suzanne great? She's the perfect example of overcoming adversity and an example of post-betrayal transformation, the complete rebuilding after a painful experience with betrayal. And as you heard, she's one of our certified PBT support group hosts. So if you're on Long Island, I'm going to have her information in the show notes over at pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast so you can be part of her group if it's a fit for you. So here's my biggest takeaway. Put yourself back on the list. It's not selfish. It's self-preservation, and it makes you a better mom, partner, friend, worker, etc. And here's a gift from me. Head over to pbtinstitute.com to receive my gift, How Your Biggest Crisis Reveals Your Greatest Gift. And let us support you. Go to Facebook and join our group, Women Hacking Betrayal, where we give information, tools, and support to help you move forward and heal once and for all. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.